G'day and welcome to Cinema Nova's podcast, Meet the Filmmaker, recorded live in Melbourne. On today's episode, we have Neela Johnson, the film writer for The Herald Sun, talking with Aaron Pedersen, star of the new Aussie film, Goldstone. Let's join them now. Aaron, you said before the screening that you want this film to start a conversation, you want it to educate people. So let's start the conversation with David Wenham's shorts and socks. Yeah, uh, sexy devil he is. I couldn't keep a straight face in that scene, seriously. Um, And he was doing takes where he was falling asleep and mm, beautiful sunset, eh? And I was like, oh, God, he's hilarious. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's just sex personified, isn't he? They'll come back, I'll tell you. I'm going to go and get myself a pair of shorts like those. When I first saw David, I said, oh, David, man, I love you and getting squared. You know those, you know those, uh, you know those yes. leopard jocks you got, brother? I went and bought ten of them. <laughs> so he's a bit of a trendsetter. I mean, he wants this kick on long socks and eczema. He did that. Put all that dry skin on his knees and on his elbows. I think the other message is don't drink and drive, I think. Yes. That, that's – well, Jay Swan, he was so straight-laced, clean-cut in Mystery Road a few years ago and he's a mess in Goldstone. I know. I told you, Neil, I spent a lot of time watching RBT, you know. <laughs> I was watching how they get out of it, you know, when they blow into the – uh, breathalyzer and their eyes, they got cross-eyed and they think they got away with it. <laughs> um, now, look, I just think uh, Ivan said to me uh, in all his excitement, oh, you know, the first scene, Jay gets pulled over by the cops. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. What if he's drunk? <laughs> so I upped him on that one and it just seemed to just um, be the whole energy throughout the film, really, and... And then I had to come up with an, uh, a reason why and I, I said to him maybe the, the loss of the daughter. Um, so we visited that pain, a parent's pain. So it just made sense rather than him just drinking for no reason. Um, but look, I loved it too because the, the truth of it is the drunk uh, still cared, you know. He still cared. He still found the girl and he was you know, following up on a grieving mother, a lost daughter and, you know, um, and that was important. I think it's quite profound really that the drunk that was in the film actually went about doing his job. Um, uh, so, yeah. I, I, for me it was a lot of fun as an actor too, really, Neela, just uh, uh, playing drunks. I love them. They're great. Um, now we will... Go to your questions, so throw your hands up. Uh, just before that, Aaron, why why was Jay Swan a character you wanted to revisit so badly that you harassed Ivan to make this second chapter? Well, it's only, I, only, I only mentioned it like four or five times. He, just, he brought this whole harassment thing into it, really. Um, I I just believed he was onto something from the first one. It felt incredible when we left the shoot. Felt like we were finding somebody. I mean, I like that about Jay. He's a good man uh, under extraordinary circumstances too. So, uh, and that that um, that doesn't change. So, and I felt like the audience members uh, felt that too. And that 
it would have been a loss if it was just a one-off. So, yeah, uh, so I started harassing him a little bit. Just, and it just made sense. I mean, I'm, we either go off and do other projects, which our heart's not necessarily into, or we, you know, keep with this energy that it kind of started with Mystery Road. I mean, people genuinely loved it. They got something out of it. There was a conversation that was taking place and they, they learnt something from Jay, you know. Uh, he was doing the right thing in the first one and he's doing the right thing in the second one. So I, I didn't really want to walk away from him. Um, and, and I know Ivan's, you know, we're keen on a number three, which is a radical idea of a resistance film, but um, it'll, it'll still have, you know, it'll be pertinent to what's going on in the world really today um, and it'll be relevant and it'll be deep and it'll be layered and it'll be a lot of fun too because uh, I'm, you know, Ivan's even talking about a TV series too. So... We're 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 in love with the character. We we think he's something that's quite universal, and you know he's, he's an Aboriginal descendant. And so people are listening to him. It's a that's a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. 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 Now we've got a question. Thank you, Aaron. Your um, uh, the demands of your acting career will take you all over the place. I just wondered. Um, I was moved by those scenes of um, your character in the watercourse and the lovely uh, uh, native paintings. Do you connect with that? Does, that? does that hold a special thing for you when you do that? Um, oh, look, you know, the two worlds thing is it's very close to the heart. Um, we've got two lots of people to please, so... ..and the protocol aspects of it all. So, for me, yes... Uh, yes, it is. It's, it's in all of us. I think... I think land is life and, you know, and I've, I've said this before that, um, you know, there's really just one race of people and it's the human race and there's really just one country. It's called Earth. Um, and we've all got to be in love with that and we've all got to, um, you know, have a connection to the loss of it and to the way that, you know, we're, we're treating it. I mean, there is no other country no matter how many borders we have or how many different languages we speak, there's just one country and it's called Earth. Um, so, yeah, it is. It's, it's a strong connection because that's how my people lived. You know, land is life and it, is, it has to be for all of us. I mean, it, it, just not for Indigenous Australians or, or, or... For all of us, land is our life. It has to be. So, um, and that's, you know, that's a really easy connection to make because... We're human. I think we all would find that a great loss. I think we'd all, you know, make a connection as strong as that, uh, whether it be loss or whether it be finding something. Um, because I think it's in all of us. Because, um, you know, we belong to her. You know, and that's just the truth of it. So it's not hard at all. I don't think when you think about how sad it can be if we don't have it anymore. Paddling through that gorge with mm. David Gulpalil for yeah. yourself as an Australian actor must have been a special moment. Yeah, that was good. He, um, that last one, he was meant to be in the canoe with me in the last one, but he, he was like, nah, nah, I'm not getting in that canoe, it's going to sink. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, it's going to be difficult now. <laughs> so, nah, nah, I'm not getting in that thing. And it, it really did look quite dubious, really. Uh, I was pretty much drowning in that scene, really. 
but I got back to base, which was good, and then we got out and I was just drenched all of my jeans and everything. Uh, but he was smart because <laughs> he wasn't going to get in. And I went, I don't want a bit of drive and then I'll paddle at the end by myself. It works. So it was a logistic thing really. Um, <laughs> there was no way we were getting him that thing, no way. But, you know, it was just great there to be with him on that amazing, amazing piece of land. It was like, oh, it's incredible, man. I don't know where I haven't found that. But, um, you know, David, David brought his magic and his language and he brought his spirit and his soul and, and you know, he, uh, he lifted the film to another level because of that stuff, you know, with the traditional stuff. And we can't be, you know, we're very grateful for that, very grateful that he brought his wisdom and his, his um, in, you know, he's very enigmatic. He's an incredible actor. He just thinks it and you just read it. He's unbelievable. Do we have another question? Not so much a question here, Aaron, it's Reg, mate. G'day, Reg. I just, it's just because uh, I worked on a film with you, I, I just want to say in public, not is Aaron only an excellent actor, but he's just one of the most wonderful characters I've ever worked with on a, on a film. So if you ever get the chance with this guy, do not knock it back. He's absolutely fantastic. That's Too all kind, I wanted Reg. to say. We, we hear you're big with the uh, 87-year-old lady community as well. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you've got to keep the doors open. Thank <laughs> you, mum. You know, I, I said to you before, Neil, racism, ageism, it's just on the way out. We've got a question up the back here. Um, I just wanted to um, ask about Mystery Road and Goldstone. I thought the... Um, so in Mystery Road, you know, where your character is running with the rifle and then the motif is repeated in in Goldstone, you know, always up high, running down towards a target. Was that deliberate? Because it's a fascinating motif. Oh, man, so well. oh, you want me to run down that hill with a gun, Ivan, in these Cuban heels? He's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just run down there, run down there. I'm like, man, I nearly broke my ankle like three or four times. And then I said, Geez, you didn't use much of it in the film, did you? So I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with him. Um, look, I think, um, you know, I was, uh, quite, um, I've done a lot of athletics in that I've years and so I was able to do all that stuff but it's, it's pretty tiring on Cuban heels and running down that slope. And he goes, he gets a wide shot, like you can't even see me. He goes, oh, I've got to go way back here. I'm like, really? And he goes, oh, can you go again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just for you, Ivan, because I want to do number three. Um, but look, for me, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's pace. It's, you know, it's, it's like hunting. It's, you know, it's that kind of old tradition of, um, you know, you and the elements. I really love all that stuff. I mean, I love it as an actor. Uh, I mean, I love that stuff with the car, you know, climbing out of it and having to reenact how it would be in a car accident and stuff. I mean, it's... You know, you just let your imagination go wild. But um, as a sports person, uh, you know, I'm getting older. I should, I should, you know, if Ivan makes me do more running in the third one, I'm just walking out seriously. Uh, but I don't doubt he probably will in those Cuban heels. First of all, Aaron, I just want to say that you play a really good drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks to RBT. <laughs> um the scene where your character and Josh kind of invaded the 
Broken Creek or whatever it was called place. And there was there were some comedic scenes where um, people were innocently hanging up laundry and things. And was that meant to be that way? Yeah, look, it's scripted that way, but we didn't think it was worth a laugh. But it really well, it was such relief. No, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it didn't it didn't read that way. We were kind of playing the heightened moment, um, yeah. and just in the you know in the screening, we realised that it was quite funny, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Thank no, you. No, thank you. Yeah. Aaron, this film was literally shot in the middle of nowhere. Mm. What, what did you do, you know, at night when you're not filming? How did you entertain cast and crew? Um. Oh, look, we had, we had a bloody big TV screen, actually. So we just watched TV and hung out. And um, I've got to say it was probably... W- one of the best shoots I've been on in a long time because nobody was stuck in their phone because you couldn't be. No signal. Uh, yeah, you should have seen the withdrawal symptoms with some of them. They're like, oh, uh, the first week. But me and Ivan were like, oh, this is great, isn't it? This is fantastic. They were like, oh, there's no internet. And we're like, yeah, who cares? Um, but uh, once everyone got used to it, it was, it was magic because you couldn't – the only place you could get it was at the homestead where Jackie Weaver was baking her cakes. So, so she baked those cakes that you were eating in the film? No, no, no. I don't think so. Maybe no, that's no, how no, she, she gets all those Oscar nominations. She's baking cakes for apple. all the voters. I oh, know. I was kind of like, Ivan, you know that apple thing? Are you trying to get something out of apple to do with his computers or something? He's, you know, he likes planting seeds, that one. No, it was good being off the grid. It was fantastic. Uh, everybody spoke to each other and nobody was on their phones and people couldn't answer their messages. and So we had everybody's attention all the time and we actually had to talk to each other, which was good. Uh, but it just became an old filmmaking experience. It felt like how films were made before uh, we ended up with a mobile phone. Did you learn any deep, dark secrets about any of your co-stars with so much time to talk? Uh, yeah, look, we, we sat around the campfire and we just spoke a lot. Uh, look, it's, you know, it's, it's something about camping out. Like, most of the crew camped out in tents and, and stayed in uh, old dongers and stuff like that. Mining town, that was where we slept at night time. Um, and the camping stuff just, I don't know, it just brings you back to reality, you know. Uh, you've got dust in everything and, you know, you gotta you got to um, get up and still work. But I don't know. People loved it after a while. It took a little while, but people loved it. And for us, it was just the friendships that come out of that and the filmmaking experience like that you'll never, ever have again, ever. And I know at first some people might have been against it, but I tell you, by the end of it, everyone was really quite uh, emotional leaving because something had happened. You know, we, we really brought that, that uh, homestead alive because it was pretty much just run down. Uh, we had electricity in there and cleaned it up and turned it into a home for six to eight weeks and then we packed it all up and left and it, it, it felt extraordinary actually. You, you'll never get an experience like that ever again. Um, but the middle of nowhere thing does help human relations. It really does in a beautiful way. That's your tip to everyone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, go bush, get lost. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. You, you played a really good um, character in that, in that film and it was really lovely. Um, 
I sort of feel a bit funny about Jackie Weaver now after that. It's affected me. I used to like her. <laughs> well, I mean, she did her job then. Yeah, that's right. Um, how long did it take to film from start to finish and when is your next film? Uh, that was about seven, eight weeks, I think. Um, and... Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when I'm working next, so that's just the nature of the beast. But I've got a film coming out in, at MIF called Killing Ground um, and just doing a TV series at the moment. But they're – I don't mind. It's, you know, enforced holidays, I call them. But, yeah, see what happens, actually. I'll just try and get Ivan onto this third one straight away. <laughs> Before we let you go, Aaron, tell us a bit more about going toe-to-toe with Jackie and – Almost in silence sometimes. Oh, it's, it was really funny actually. <laughs> I love it. She's like, oh, thanks for this. Thanks for the chat. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I had a couple of lines in there, but Ivan took them out too. So it was kind of like, it works. Uh, <laughs> I just sat in that scene just staring at her while she was just, you know, freaking out whether she was getting her lines out and stuff. So, because she had to ramble on. But look, great thing about Jackie is, you know, her career has gone skyrocket now, which is really, really beautiful, uh, you know, and uh, um, I'm really proud of her and I'm really happy for her because, you know, you can chip away for a long period of time and, and now the light's just shining on her and she took time out to come and do our small film and you know, we really love her for that. Uh, you know, I uh, I had a really good time with the offset, like I, uh, I used to call her, I, I used to say, oh, you know, you're going to take me over to LA and I'll be your personal Aboriginal, eh? I'll do the dance for you and I'll cook your kangaroo and everything. <laughs> and then she goes, and I go, oh, Jackie. And I go, you know, so she got this great belly laugh out of life and she loved being back home and being back in Queensland and being back in Australia. And, you know, if you can do that for actors who are working overseas and um, make them feel like the job was worthwhile, um, then for me that's the biggest reward of all. And she loved it. She really did. I mean, she was in the middle of nowhere, really. Um, and, like, for five days... But we made it worthwhile. We made it worthwhile. We made her laugh and made her feel homesick and, and made her, you know, feel like it was a job that, you know, was precious to her and, and important to her, which is good. Brilliant, brilliant. Now we've got one more question. Firstly, congratulations on the great film. Um, I was just wondering how involved you were in, or if at all, in the writing process of the film, if you contributed to that, and if you know, you know, um, how many drafts um, Ivan took to write it and also how he works with actors, like if he rehearses much or leaves it up to you. Can you just tell us a bit about um, that? Look, I wrote the whole script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, nah, look, Ivan took ten days to write that script. Um, so he had a bit of a deadline for a funding body. <laughs> so that put a bit of pressure on him. But in ten days he wrote it and the, the template's always there, but, like, I'll read through it and I'll feel things when I'm reading and, you know, certain things evoke emotion and, and you know, like the drunk thing came out of the idea, uh, set it up and then the thing with the daughter and we just had small things. Like, we collaborate in a way where there's not a lot that you have to change. There's really a solid template to start with. Uh, and so when, when it comes to what he wants to say, I think I get... I get a lot out of the layer, the layers within the words 
and the silences. So there's not a lot that you need to change because a lot of the conversations about saying nothing also. So you don't feel like you need to throw extra dialogue in here or there. I think he just lets moments breathe for actors. Um, you can play the scene out as long as you want because uh, you can cut it up in the edit suite anyway. But he doesn't rush you. Like a lot of directors will say, come on, keep the rhythm up, keep moving, keep moving. And you kind of think, yeah, it just doesn't feel natural. Um, but he just lets the scenes bleed out and become almost, uh, you know, uh, just conversational but... In, in, I mean, the reality is really scary sometimes because you actually feel like you're in the scene with these people. So it doesn't feel like you're doing a film because he just lets everything breathe because uh, you do that through the camera too. I mean, he's got, he's got all these little tricks and trades that go on. He's never, he's never one to rush actors. And he just lets you bring your own instinct to it, but he'll, he contains you. He brings you down like... He's he he shortens the amount of time that you would want to spend with the dialogue, meaning vocally, like not necessarily leaning on words, but just saying it as natural as possible, even more like a whisper, or even more like you would if you were just so relaxed, like he gets you into a relaxed state. And I really love that about him because. It's, um, it means that he's not he, – he's, the dialogue and the information is strong enough to drive the scene and evoke the emotion because that becomes a soundtrack too. He works in that particular way. Like uh, in Mystery Road, that's the dialogue and the footsteps and the breathing and everything. Well, that's the soundtrack. You know? And I've never seen a filmmaker do that before in a way. And in this one, he's composed the music and put the music to it. Um, but it's the same again. I just remember him saying to me, oh, no, it's, uh, it's not natural, lads. So I'd go back and do it again and then you go, oh, and I'm going, oh, okay. And you've got to kind of get yourself in that headspace where I'm going, I think I know what he's saying. Um, but it's, it's, it's so, so particular that, you know, most actors go, well, what do you mean? I'm doing it right. But it was never, never felt right because... He'd keep going, nah, that's not it, as that's not it. And I'd be like, oh, God, man, I don't know what he's asking for. But he just got me to a place where I was like, okay, I just got to trust it, I just got to trust it. You found trust it. you found Ivan's rhythm. Yeah, I had to trust it. I really had to trust it because it's really particular. Really particular. Uh, and it's really beautiful for a director to have that. Like, I don't know what he hears, but what he hears is pretty incredible because he's hearing it. And I think I'm hearing it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it the way he wants me to say it. Well, the results are all up there in the film. I think you'll agree. So Goldstone is in cinemas July 7, so please spread the word and uh, get everyone joining in this conversation. Definitely. Thanks, Neela. Thank you all for supporting it. Thanks Cheers for hanging time. around. That was Neela Johnson and Aaron Pedersen talking about the new Australian film Goldstone, which you can catch at Cinema Nova from July 7. This podcast was recorded and edited by Patrick Bridges. Special thanks to Transmission Films and Cinema Nova 